Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Clutch Talk podcast slash YouTube slash We Do It All. As always, I'm your host, John. Very happy to be here. My boy, Jay Hizzle, over in the six. How you doing? Chilling, man. Doing me. Back at it again. But we back at it again with another guest, man. Another good guest here. The LA Clippers player development coach, Chad Bell. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Clutch Talk, man. How you doing? Hey, what's up, fellas? Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Happy to be on the show. Yes, sir, man. Yes, sir, man. Well, like how Jay said, uh, Chad is the uh, Clippers player development coach. So we're very uh, excited and honored to have him on the show. I'm just going to you know, talk about his basketball journey and um, where where it's gotten to him now and, and, and what's next. So let's go ahead and get straight into it, man. What we like to do over here and we like to start where it all started. We know you were born in Inglewood, California, but Chad, who put that ball in your hands and at what age? Uh. I got into basketball at a very young age, not not um, organized wise, but just interest wise. Uh, you know, growing up, my first memory was uh, on a black and white TV. A lot of younger people might not <laughs> know or understand that, but I used to watch KCAL 9 on a black and white, me and my mom's uh, coming up and I, our, my first memory and first inspiration was watching Magic Johnson and the Showtime Lakers when I was like, you know, five years old, four or five years old. So this was like still in the mid to late 80s. Um, and then from there, you know, I just showed interest in hooping. And my, my mom is really the one that, you know, kind of encouraged me to do it. Uh, she's a former high school player. Um, so she she has some experience playing herself. So. That's kind of how the seed got, you know, planted for me. Uh, I never really played organized ball. Like, you know, when I was a young, young kid like that, I really didn't get in the thick of things consistently until I was like probably like 13 years old. So, but I still play on the playgrounds, uh, you know, at parks, uh, basically kind of like street ball. So, um, you know, driveways, homies driveways in the neighborhood, stuff like that. So that's kind of how I got going. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I, I heard you I heard you mention magic. Uh, so is that who at a young age, you know, you were trying to model your game after? Uh, was there any players you were looking up to playing like, man, I want to play like that. I want to be like that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, obviously growing up in that Los Angeles area, magic was everything. He was a huge influence on not from a basket, not only from a basketball perspective, but also just from the community perspective. So. Uh, when I saw him, you know, a bigger guy handling the basketball. And then at the same time, when he was playing ball, uh, he brought so much excitement with with his style of play. And then also he did it. You know, it looked like he was having fun. So that's what I wanted to do. And he did it with a smile on his face and he was competitive. And, you know, obviously he was a winner. So uh, initially on, that's that's who I, you know, looked up to. And then as I began to be a student of the game, you know, Obviously, during that time, Kareem was much older, but very, very much so uh, effective. And, you know, my mother, another another example of my mom planting that seed, she she kind of educated me on Kareem and his path, you know, dating back to UCLA and all that stuff. So uh, she she gave me books um, back in those days. You had to go to the library to get information. You can't just hop on Google or whatever like that. So. Mm -hmm. I began not only to be, you know, be in love with the game of basketball from like playing it and having fun and watching 
the Showtime Lakers, but also I began to do research and study. So, you know, I took a liking to Kareem, you know, Magic, you know, a um, bunch of players that I, I admire coming up, you know, uh, moving on in later years, Kevin Garnett, Kobe Bryant, you know, Tim Duncan, Rasheed Wallace, uh, guys like that. So um, I just was a basketball junkie in terms of the following of it on TV and everything like that. And then also, uh, you know, doing my research and learning my history. Okay. Okay. And, and I, we obviously do research before interviews and everything like that, Chad. So when I'm looking up your profile and everything about you and, and your past, I didn't realize you were seven foot. John just said, yo, we met this dude at a Clippers game, all this. He says that you're seven and I, I see you're seven foot. So my question to you is like you talked about growing up playing on, on street ball, all that, your development in basketball. Was were you like a late bloomer in terms of height, or were you always kind of the biggest kid on the blacktop type of thing? And that's how you developed your game. Cause you talked about Magic, Kareem. Those are two kind of different players in terms one's playing more so in the post, the other one's a guard. But how was your development um in terms of your height and everything and in relation to ball? Uh, well, I, I was always tall. You know, I have tall parents. You know, my mom uh, is about 6'1". You know, my father, who I got to know later in life, is 6'9". So, you know, for me, I couldn't help but be tall all the way through. So I was always the tallest kid in the class uh, coming up. Um, but of course, still, even though I was always tall, I still had my moments of a heavy growth, which I did a majority of my growing in junior high. So, uh, you know, uh, for me, um, I didn't really focus on my height. I knew I was taller, but um, that's not something I really just focused on, you know. Um, and I just played the game, you know, like I didn't understand the difference between positions and this, that, and the third. So I, I just played. So early on, I, I played more like a guard than I did a big guy. I, I didn't you know, really get into like post play, um, a heavy dose of it until I got organized. Naturally, they see this big kid, they make you a center and say, hey, back in those days anyway, you know, these kids had the freedom. Uh, they were like, hey man, you gotta get in the post, you're a big guy. So I had to I had to learn that. I, I, I thought I could just do what I did on the playground. And I learned quickly that wasn't the case, especially back in those days. Yeah, so 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 basically, I mean, that's what I was about to say. You were ahead of time because th that's really where the league is now. It's really a, a a positionless league. It's not to the point where you know if you're if you're that seven footer or you're six nine, they don't just throw you in that throw you in that block. Uh, you know, they they got players like players like Yo Kids and all these 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 big big time players who are also able to handle that ball, man. So much ahead of your time. So that's credit to you. But, you know, we fast forward to high school, you know, you, you end up going to uh, West Chester High School. So talk to us a little bit about uh, how your high school basketball experience was. Um, we know about your senior year, you guys were nationally ranked number three spot. Uh, so talk to us about, you know, how that felt day, night in and night out to come in and have the target on your back being nationally ranked team. Oh, it was fun. I mean, uh, my time at Westchester was some of the, uh, you know, golden years of my teen years, you know, playing basketball at a very high level. Uh, I believe my uh, senior year, we had uh, probably like 13, 14 Division One guys on our roster. Uh, so, I mean, it was fun. You know, those guys were my teammates, but a lot of people don't know, like, we, we were friends, you know, and it, it, we never thought about, oh, we'll be nationally ranked. We just 
you know, had a chip on our shoulder. Uh, we were just some kids from from the inner city, uh, you know, with hoop dreams. You know, we didn't we didn't we didn't never spell it out to each other like, hey, we want to be nationally ranked. We just had the attitude of nobody can beat us. <laughs> and then it ended up equating to, you know, number three in the country. And if you would have told us like back in those days, we were like, OK, we're number three. Like, what is that? Like, why are we not number one? <laughs> you know, uh, you know, but you know that's how that was our mentality so uh it was fun and every I think everybody benefited from it you know uh everybody you know went and had an opportunity to, to play at the D1 level and then get a degree and you had some guys go play professionally overseas some guys get you know uh, NBA opportunities and stuff like that so uh we we got what we needed to get out of that situation Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And, and you know, uh, you, you talk about, you know, the, there's about, like you said, 13 to 14 players going D1. Well, I think that's a, a, a special use case. Most schools, they don't got that many players going, nice. D1, going D1. So you, you guys, you, you know, you guys were definitely a, a, a great team. And, and then I, that's where I want to get into now, you know, you, your first stop at college was uh, at University of New Mexico. And that is a division one program. And every time we have a guest on here that goes D1. I can't let it go slide. Congratulations. You know, making a division one, any division one team is, is a um, huge flower. So big shout out Appreciate to you. That. Yeah, Appreciate no, that. No, no problem. No problem. So what, what I want to know is, you know, why did you choose the university of New Mexico and could it have been anybody else that almost got you? Oh yeah. Well, my, my recruiting process was pretty crazy, pretty hectic. Um, I had a, I had a, a two, two really good, uh, final years of high school and then during the evaluation period I was trending upward so my recruitment picked up um, I had a lot of um, you know high level programs recruiting me and um, I wanted a healthy mix of everything in terms of my top schools I wanted high level schools mid and mid-level schools as well so um, you know, during during the final stages of my recruitment, you know, I was getting recruited by, you know, North Carolina, UCLA, Kentucky, um, you know, Memphis, um, and then obviously New Mexico. Um, so, you know, a lot of people looked at my recruiting at that time, like, you know, he probably would choose like the Carolinas or maybe Memphis, which, you know, Calipari had just got there the first couple of years, but he was hot on a recruiting trail getting, you know, really good recruits. So uh, for me, uh, I just evaluated the programs that uh, was recruiting me, recruiting me. And um, my whole focus was uh, what impact will I make from day one on campus? And I thought New Mexico stood out as a team that I would I would make an immediate impact. Um, I had it in my mind that, you know, that's the place that I can go to and possibly start, you know, even though a lot of people didn't look at it like that, I did. And, um, you know, ended up happening. I started as a true freshman. So uh, I got, I, I reached the goal at that time that I, what I wanted to do. And, and I was happy with the decision. Okay. Was it specifically like the, and that you talked about the process of, of the recruiting at New Mexico, was it just the playing time or was it like the visit that said, okay, I want to be a, a Lobos, right? The, I think that's the mascot, the Lobos. Like, was it, what was it that made uh, New Mexico the choice? Well, uh, a lot of people might not know this, but New Mexico is a special place. When you talk about a fan base, it's, it's up there with the top fan bases in the country. 
I mean, I, I uh, you know, played in front of 18,000 every night in New Mexico. Wow. Um, so the fan base is crazy at the time. That's when the message boards, chat boards was going bananas. So uh, it was it was a crazy time. You know, even when I committed to New Mexico, I had Lobo fans going to my high school games. So, you know, that goes to tell you what kind of fan base they had. And, you know, my visit, you know, I was probably one of the higher rated recruits at the time to come in for a visit. So I came in during, um, uh, you know, like the Midnight Madness <laughs> type of weekend, opening football weekend. So it was a crazy uh, it was a crazy event. It's funny. I, I was talking to a former teammate, Marlon Palmer. Shout out to Mar Marlon Palmer, who was the point starting point guard at the time. And we, we were reminiscing at NBA Summer League about, about my visit. And he said, I, I didn't even think about it, but he said, man, that's probably one of the top visits ever at that school, you know, uh, for a guy coming in. You know, they had me on t television, you know, at the at the, uh, at the the uh, mid Midnight Madness event. It was 16,000 fans. They were chanting my name. It was signed. So... I just liked the way I was received and I basically felt at home. So, you know, from there, I didn't need to see nothing else. That was the place I needed to be at. So, you know, I ended up canceling my visit with Memphis. And then the following weekend, I was set to go to North Carolina and I, I just canceled it because I knew that's what I wanted to do. Wow. Okay, man. I'm right there with you, Chad. If they would have been John, John, I'd have been able to just sign in the commitment papers right there. <laughs> so, yeah. so I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, but but you know, um, you 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 go from straight out of high school to you know to a Division One program, which is you know huge, like how we were talking about. But what I want to know is, were you ready for that level of competition? I'm I'm guessing you know you guys being the thirdly uh, the third ranked uh, third nationally ranked team in high school. You guys are kind of running through some teams, but, you know, can't, can't come Division One, everyone is kind of that good. Everyone's at either at that level or around that level. So did you have an adjustment period or did you come into this thing ready? Well, I feel like I came in ready. Um, you know, I, I play for a high level high school program. I play for a legendary high school coach. Shout out to Ed Azam. Ed Azam is a, a specialist in terms of getting guys ready to, for the college level, even just on a simple level of being able to practice every day. Sometimes you got freshmen come in and they, they can't handle a rigorous week of practice. Uh, they can't get through one practice. So uh, Coach Azam did a great job of teaching and our practices at Westchester was very uh, uh, rigorous. You know, they were, they're demanding and he challenged you mentally and he challenged you physically. So if you, if you're physically and mentally strong, you're able to handle it and then you know, we face all the top competition in our schedule. And then also, you know, with AAU, we've, we face top competition. And then, you know, also I was blessed to be, you know, in a great city like Los Angeles where uh, in the summertime, I was blessed enough to go up to UCLA men's gym and play against pros in the summertime. So it, I kind of saw everything. So I wasn't really afraid. So uh, for me, it was just like, you know, let's go. Let's do it. This is, this is what it's all about. This is what I work for. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So uh, and then, you know, we, we, we keep it pushing and then you end up uh, transferring to the University of, of Nevada, Reno. Um, so for, for first, you know, if you don't mind sharing with us, like uh, how was that transfer situation? Uh, why why did you transfer? And uh, talk to us about that that year that you unfortunately had to sit out during because of the transfer rules. 
Well, I originally came to New Mexico to play for Fran Fischella. Many people know Fran Fischella, who's uh, at ESPN now. And I played for him my freshman year. Uh, and then, unfortunately, he he was released of his duties. And uh, we had a new staff come in. I tried to get acclimated with that staff. And just at, at that time in my life, I felt that I needed to uh, change environments. And, um, and I did that. So I went to Nevada, um, signed. The head coach at the time was Trent Johnson. I mean, you might know, uh, coached at Stanford, coached at LSU, coached at TCU. Currently the head coach at Cal State Northridge, uh, who's a tremendous leader, uh, one of the best in the business, a great man. Um, and a, and a great uh, father-like figure. So I, I wanted to play for him, and I fit in uh, with the with the players that he had on the on the team at the time. So, and I like where they were headed. They hadn't quite uh, got over the hump in terms of being a tournament team, but I saw uh, they are right there, and I knew that I would be a major piece into helping them get there, as well as other guys that were coming in. And um, it just was, it was perfect. So uh, for me, it was a right decision, easy decision for me. Trent ended up leaving after my redshirt year because we had so, so much success. We went to the Sweet 16, but the program, you know, he did such a great job. The program was still intact and we were able to, you know, uh, have a lot of success. You know, every year I was there, we won conference. Every year I was there, we went to the NCAA tournament. So, uh, I got the, the vision I had for that team. It came to reality. Absolutely, man. And, and you know, you, you talk about playing in the, in the NCAA tournament. Even people that don't watch college basketball, they're going to tune in just for that tournament. So that's a worldwide thing, man. So talk to us, you know, how, how, how did it feel to be in uh, something that people around the world are watching? People are, I remember in high school, <laughs> I used to have teachers who used to like stop class and put the, and put the game on the, put the games, March Madness on the big screen. So how does it feel to be participating in such a loved worldwide tournament? Well, it was everything, you know, um, I, I grew up, a you know, college fan myself watching the NCAA tournament. So to finally play in it as a player, um, it, it was a dream fulfilled. And uh, just being out there playing, it's like you're, you're playing on the, on the stage, you know, it's like a, a, a hoops heaven in a sense. Um, um, and it was so much fun. And then going there to be able to have success. So it was just it was an amazing experience. Absolutely, man. And then, and, you know, before we get to your time, uh, your, 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 pro, your professional time, I want to know, you're clearly playing top tier talent, top tier program, division one programs. Is there a matchup that you to this day are like, boy, that one was a tough matchup. Uh, we had, some, we had some, some many battles, uh, you know, we, we were able to have a home and home with Kansas the first game we were able to beat them. And then the second game we went to Allen Fieldhouse and they kicked our ass. And uh, we had to shoot on that for a whole off season. And then we were fortunate to return um, that next season um, and, and beat them, you know, we, at the time. And I'm pretty sure it might be still there. We were one of the few teams that come to Allen Fieldhouse and beat them, but it, it wasn't easy. Obviously Kansas is a tremendous program um with with tremendous coaching and tremendous players so uh that was a that was a tough battle for us and then also uh within our league you know uh having to battle utep who had some really good teams during that time and then uh you know my senior year 
Utah State, who was at the time kind of dominating the Big West, they move over to our conference, uh, who's uh, who was you know coached by uh, Coach Stu Morrill, a very uh, successful uh, Division One coach. So uh, those games were tough, you know, and we had some you know some battles outside of our league as well that you know equal teams like in terms of the level mid majors, uh, the St. Mary's. We had some battles with St. Mary's and Pacific as well. So uh, we had our, our our fair share of battles. We were battle tested, and that's why, you know, especially during that time, Nevada was able to have success when it came to postseason play. Okay, okay, yeah, those are certainly some some big teams. We know that Kansas is. John and I are from the Bay Area, so we certainly know St. Mary's, and we know. Did y'all play them there at, at St. Mary's, or was it in uh, Nevada? Uh, we, we had a we had a home at home. I believe okay. my junior year they came to us, and then my senior year we had to go to them. Yeah, that's one of those small gyms, but they they certainly have like a lot of energy. The fan, yeah. the fans, and stuff. It's like yeah. don't judge a book by its cover, as you probably remember. Yeah. Uh, not not an easy place. To, not an easy place to play at. And that, the, yeah. you know, it's a small gym, very intimate setting, like a high school mm-hmm. gym. And you know the the people are right there on you. So right, and obviously they play really well in their gym. So it's not easy going in there to win. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and let's talk about your pro career. So after you finished up at, at Nevada, what was that? What was the decision, number one, to go pro? Because, I mean, you can do a lot of other things, as, as you see, outside of basketball or in, in whether it be still staying in the game. But what went into that decision of now you want to uh, enter the pros, agents, all that? Uh, what was that process like? Uh, it was it was it was easy. I know I wanted to keep playing because, uh, honestly, uh, I had been through so much with the transfers, different coaches. I never really got uh to tap into the my potential uh from a personal perspective so i still i had i still had a healthy appetite for basketball and i hadn't even i hadn't even begin to uh reach my my pinnacle so i feel like when when i got out of college i i, I grew so much as a player and it was it was uh unfortunate that i didn't get to showcase that in college but that's how life is sometimes so, you know, once I graduated college, I, I started training like harder than I ever trained in my life. I got in the best shape of my life, uh, you know, played NBA Summer League with the Atlanta Hawks. Didn't play much, but it was a good experience. Played in the G League uh, my first year. Uh, didn't play much there, but, you know, I had times, it's a long season where I did play and I, and I played well. So it was confirmation, like, hey, just stay in this thing and keep working. And uh, was able to uh, didn't win the championship, but played in a championship game my rookie year with the Colorado 14ers uh, with a bunch of really good guys. So uh, it was a good experience. And then from there, you know, I always knew I wanted to, you know, try overseas where I played in Romania, uh, where we were fortunate to be in the in the Euro League. So we had a, a couple of cup games uh, versus a team out of Turkey. So uh, it was a good experience. Not many people, despite you know, the glitz and glamour or how I may look to somebody on the outside, uh, just to have an opportunity to play for pay. That's a, that's a, that's an accomplishment. And I'm, I'm very proud of it to this day. Yeah, absolutely. At, at any playing pro at any level uh, is an absolute accomplishment. So congrats on that too. Um, so then, and then 
like throughout your your pro career, the process of of being with the Hawks and all that. I know you said you got limited action in that, but was there any tough matchups, tough places to play? What was that like? Just like throughout throughout that that uh, pro process or pro uh, career of yours? Uh, not really tough. It was fun to play different places. Um, you know, different environments, different situation. Um, obviously in the G League. You know, uh, us, you know, my first year in the G League playing with the Colorado 14-teeners in the playoffs, you know, us winning a big home game versus the Albuquerque Thunderbirds, which was a big win for us. And then then going on the road and playing the Idaho Stampede, which was a huge game, which were uh, kind of a favorite to win it. And we went in there on their home floor and beat them. And then going to the championship, having a chance to beat the Dakota Wizards in the, in the championship. Uh, those are fun memories that I always cherish. And then obviously playing over in Europe, getting getting a chance to play in that cup game versus the Turkey team and just get the experience of every day working, uh, working to get better and trying to figure things out and, and navigate. All right, cool, cool. So 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 then Chad, you know, after your uh, your your last year playing Romania, uh you you ended up to go coach at the University of Wyoming. Um and 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 we'll be real, Chad, you're you're our first like real coach coach that we know who we've had on. We've had on uh, some, you know, division one players or, you know, some players who kind of on the uh brink of the league, played in the league a little bit. Uh but we haven't had a coach. Uh so you're a first. So thank so not only thanks for that, but talk to us about how that was and have you always known you wanted to be a coach? Uh, no, not necessarily. Well, a little bit, yes and no. Um, I was just young, exploring, you know, in life. But um, first thought of it came when I when I was in college, when I had the red shirt, and really take some time down, take some time and sit down and really just watch the game because I, I couldn't play because of transfer rules at the time. Um, and then um, as I go past college and stuff. You know, I had, you know, certain coaches that, you know, would kind of encourage me and they said that they thought it would be something good for me that I should possibly look at. So um, I always wanted to stay involved with the game. So I decided to give, uh, you know, the coaching, the coaching thing a shot. Was there was there one coach? I know a lot of times uh, for me, I know personally growing up basketball, there's like one coach specifically that's that really stood out to me and was like a reason like oh if I ever wanted to stay in basketball it'd be specifically because of because of that coach because he made me love the game and become so much not only love the game become passionate about it do you have one of those coaches that for you he was kind of the example of I want to if I end up coaching like he could be the reason why or was he the reason why uh, well, I, I've been fortunate to have some really good coaches. Um, my, like I mentioned, my high school coach, Ed Azam, uh, he, I learned a lot under him, you know, uh, playing for him. Uh, so he's one that, you know, definitely inspired me uh, in terms of becoming a coach. And then also uh, Trent Johnson, who I didn't have a chance to play on the court for, but I had a chance to play for in terms of, you know, I was under him for a year. And just him as a black man, uh, the kind of leader he is, he's a, he's a family man, you know, he's a husband, he's a, he's a father. Uh, uh, he's, he's not just a coach, but he's also a mentor. He was a guy that I can 
talk to about basketball, how I can get better. He's a guy that I can talk to about, you know, decisions in life. You know, I can just get advice to this very day, uh, especially with him down the street at Cal State Northridge now. So uh, uh, those guys were, you know, very influential. And then also guys I didn't know, um, guys like John Thompson. I grew up, you know, looking up to John Thompson, being able to watch his career and the impact that he had on young men. Uh, so I knew I always wanted to have that kind of uh, impact on young men, um, you know, playing the sport. So uh, that's initially, you know, why I got into it. So I was, you know, I've been able to, you know, influence and help some young men, not just with basketball, because I feel like it's bigger than basketball. You know, basketball is a, it's a short time, time span of your life. You know, it's, it, it can only last so long, but the relationships you develop along the way, that's what's important. The lessons you learn along, along the way, that's what's important. And uh, the impact uh, you have on people, that's what's impor- important. Man, absolutely, for, for, for sure. And I'm, I'm sure you had uh, tons of impact on, on a lot of students at the University of Wyoming. Uh, so then, you know, we, we keep it pushing in your coaching career. You may, you do a, you know, you do a 360 or 380. Or I don't know what the number is, but you come back to the University of Nevada and you come back now as a director of basketball operations. So talk to us about how that felt, you know, to be back in, you know, where you were playing and now to be the director of basketball operations. And if you're OK, we're talking about some of your roles and some of the stuff that you you did there. Uh, well, I was back home. You know, that's where, you know, I really got it cracking at the University of Nevada. I was able to go back home and be amongst those fans and be with the coaching staff and to work for David Carter, uh, who who be, who uh, was a head coach, uh, who was an assistant coach when I was there, who recruited me to Nevada, uh, was the lead recruiter with me. Uh, he's an L.A. guy, a very close friend and um, a guy I get advice from that I talk to a lot, uh, who's an assistant at LMU now. Um, so uh, being able to go back there, be with the, those, those student athletes there, to be back in the community, uh, working for David, uh, it was awesome. And uh, we were able to have some success there and, you know, do what we do. And that's when another conference title. Uh, it didn't go to NCAAs, uh, but we still won another conference title, and that's that's just what we do at Nevada. Man, all, all, all you're doing is winning, man. I, I, I like to hear that. I like to hear that. Um, and then uh, you, you after after your, your stint at Nevada, uh, you had you had a stop at the at Southern Utah University as a second assistant. And now we get to hear you are the Clippers player development coach. So. You know, for, for people out there wondering, like, how, how, how do you get in a position like this? How did this come about to you? Um, and just what, you know, what are some things that you're, you know, you're focusing on as a player development coach? Uh, it's just uh, relationships. Um, it's, it's not a, a exact way to get there, but obviously you got to have some relationships and uh, build some connection there and uh, get people to trust you and, uh, you know, being in the right place in the right time and, Obviously, uh, for me, uh, with my faith is God. You know, I, I let Him lead my life and lead the way for me. So uh, that's how I was in that. Uh, uh, be able to, you know, be in that position. What was the last question you asked? Uh, I'm just like, what are some things that that you focus on as a player development coach when you're working on some of your players? It's very simple: getting getting guys better. 
uh, getting guys better within what, what we do, uh, what we teach on a day-to-day basis and um, um, helping those guys be successful in, in the program that's uh, set, set by uh, Coach Ty Lou. Okay. It's, uh, I know you can't get into specifics, but in terms of players you work with, is it like, is it for, for big men? Is it specific uh, plan that you have for them? And then guards have a specific coach they work with. Or are you just working with all the players uh, specifically and they have each have a plan? Like you said earlier, a plan that you have them on t- in, in their development and getting them better. Well, we break it up. Um, you know, guys work with guards and bigs and stuff like that. But uh, we have a very versatile staff. Um, and in terms of like what guys can do, um, you know, like for me, I don't put myself in a box. I can work with anybody. I don't care if you're a point guard, shooting guard, small four. It doesn't matter to me. But in terms of my specialty, because I play the position, um, you know, uh, obviously. I, I work with big guys, um, but I'm not uh, limited to that, not limited to anything else. Like how I tell people um, I, I'm i I'm labeled as a player development coach, but I'm just a basketball coach, you know, whatever is asked of me, uh, I, I do. And, um, you know, when you're in the team setting, coaches have to play their role too, just like players. And I set my role and I just try to be the best that I can be and, and shoot to be the best that I can be, you know, in the business and, you know, do whatever is needed for me as far as my team is concerned. But overall, I'm just a coach, you know, um, I, I, I like, I enjoy being on the, in the gym. I'm in the gym at least five hours a day, at least. And that's, you know, a lot of times it's much more than that. Uh, but I, I love being there. I'd rather be there than anywhere else. And, um, you know, uh, just trying to help players get better. Okay. And then in term, uh, I want to find out like more in terms of, you know, you talked about development before kind of games. What about during games? I know I, I whenever you're on TV and whenever I'm on TV, you're watching a game uh, as a viewer, you always see kind of like 10, 20. I don't even know how a lot of coaches on the staff. What is your role during games? I know you said you you coach you're a basketball coach, and I understand that. But in terms of games, are you specifically talking to players and giving them pointers, stuff you worked on, um, and tips throughout the game, or how does that work in terms of your role during the game? I just observe. I just observe what I see during the game uh, from a team perspective, and sending guys that I'm working with. I observe that that as well. Uh, I try to just you know help. Uh, my head coach with anything that I might see that, you know, immediately can be, uh, you know, fixed. And, um, you know, same thing with the players. Um, if, if they're, uh, you know, um, a little bit off on certain things and certain assignments, you know, I try to help them with that so that we can make some in-game corrections because you never want to just continue to do anything that, uh, can keep us from winning the game. So, other than that, uh, I keep it just that simple. And then, obviously, when the game's over, I, I watch it again, you know, because that, that second set of eyes is going to tell everything. And then, you know, from there, that that allows me to take that and, and implement it in a workout so that uh, we can repeat those things so that we can improve on those things to just limit any errors and continue to build on the strengths. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I, absolutely, Chad. And, and you know, uh, you you mentioned, you know, Coach Ty Lue, uh, and And, you know, me and Jay both think he's one of those underrated coaches who really doesn't get all the credit that he he deserves for NBA the great coach. Champion. Uh, yeah. NBA champion. Yeah, NBA champion yeah. at the end of the day. A great coach uh, who knows how to put his players in place to win. Uh, you being on, you know, on that staff, I, I do wonder, you know, wh- what to you when you see Ty Lue coach makes him the great coach that he is? Uh, well, well, first, Ty just loves basketball. He's a basketball ball junkie, and um, um, his brain works. It's like a computer. You know, he he retains a lot of things. Uh, he remembers a lot of things, and uh, just his ability his ability to make adjustments. Uh, you know, that's that's huge when you're trying to win a game in different situations. And uh, Ty is very uh, quick to react and make proper adjustments for his team. And uh, also just, uh, you know, uh, his his mindset, you know, he he wants to win and he believes in uh, doing things the right way. And he, he believes in, uh, you know, working on your habits every day and doing things the right way. And when, you, when we're out there, just encouraging our guys, you know, he keeps his team, he keeps his the players confident. You know, he believes in them. You know, it helps a lot when you have a coach that's, you know, uh, you know, believes in you, you know, wants you to take those shots, wants you to make those decisions, and he begins to trust you. Uh, it, it, it brings a certain sense of uh, confidence for the players. And then, um, you know, just, you know, encouraging guys just to leave it all out on the floor and being able to live re- with results. So uh, it might sound simple, but that's that's who he is and that's who he is every day and, and he just really dives into it and loves you know what he does and I, I, I think he's uh, uh, probably the best in the business and what he does and I'm, I'm lucky and fortunate um, I've been blessed by the basketball guys just to be around him every day and with my little notebook taking notes because you never know how life can go I, I might have an opportunity to be a head coach one day and you know these little lessons that I'm getting every day that I might not be able to call Ty and interrupt his day and get get certain answers, but I gotta I gotta I gotta jot this stuff down so that I can have it uh, for me when when I get that opportunity. Man, absolutely. That's that, that right there is the definition of being a student of the game. So you know, definitely uh, hats off to you for that. And 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 you know that 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 uh and that that's your current role right now. You are currently the uh, Clippers uh, player development coach, and that's. What I want to know now is, is 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 what's what's you know what's next for you, Chad. You know, we we talked about you being born in Inglewood, you being a high school phenomenon, going to college and dominating in college, having having some times in the pro, uh, and now you're coaching. So what's what's next for you? And also talk about any any other platforms I know that that you got going on and all that. Uh, well, for me, um, I'm I'm really excited. I'm working with uh, the youth. Uh, I've, I've taken some time out in the off season to develop a show called Time Out with Chad Bell, uh, where I'm really excited about. You can you can check out Time Out with Chad Bell on the UBN Go pod, podcast studio uh, channel on YouTube. And then you can also check out Time Out with Chad Bell on um, on 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 an Apple uh, platform. Uh, so you can check out my check out my show on the Apple podcast platform. Uh, my show, it's, inc- it's incredible. It's amazing. 
Uh, it's where I, I really di I dive in deep and I have real conversations, kind of how we're having here, where I, I get people from not just basketball, but from all sports, you know, uh, former athletes, coaches, and things of that nature, where I talk about their journey and, and then I talk about their methods and I talk about, uh, you know, their not only their success, because everybody hears this, these stories, well, you know, I worked hard and I made it. You should do the same thing. Well, it doesn't necessarily always work like that. You can work hard and not make it. But guess what? That's a success. You know what I mean? Because you 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 lived a, you lived through an experience where you're trying to get somewhere and um, you you had a pitfall, but you also have uh, something to keep you going and a story to tell. So uh, my 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 show is for the youth. I'm I'm, I'm taking time out uh, to inspire the youth so that they can hear these stories from these from people who doing what they set out to do right now and they're able to have a roadmap and uh a guide for them you know a lot of people uh they don't have anybody in their ear they're trying to figure out on their own well they don't have to do that anymore they can just go to my platform you know what I'm, you know what i mean so you can follow me on ig at coach c bell uh all the links for my my show time out with chad bell is there uh, doing it for the youth, inspiring the youth each and every day, uh, because I, I want to see them win. Man, yes, sir. Man, I, I I love to hear. I love to hear that chat. I love you. You you know you giving back to the youth and for all the family that's out there listening, man. If you guys want to uh, want to stay up to up to date with Chad and everything that Chad's got going on, everything from from his his podcast even to his personal Instagram page, I'm gonna link everything in the description down below. So make sure you guys go check that out. Go show my guy Chad some love, man, because man, Chad, we 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 really really appreciate you you doing this. Um, but but. Before I before I get you out of your chat, you know, you you talk about, you know, inspiring the youth. So if there's a kid out there listening who wants to be like you, who 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 wants to go go through that, play play basketball or, or at the end of the day, go coach. What, what would you give them? Like, what would you give them like a best set of advice? Don't be like me. Be better than me. You know what I'm saying? Work hard. Come up with a plan. Get you a notebook. Write your goals out. Write a plan for how you're going to get those goals. Write a daily plan where you follow every single day and you repetitively do this every day and you and you complete your task every day. And then also uh, be good to people. Be a good person. You know, when you're playing on those basketball teams, cultivate those relationships with your teammates. Cultivate those relationships with your coaches. You know, when you come across people, introduce yourself. Uh, make your Make your network a wide web, you know what I mean? And then from there, continue, like I said in the beginning, continue to work hard, you know, take some time out each and every day to make sure that you're hitting on your goals and you're going to get where you're going to get to because one of the hardest things is being disciplined and being consistent. A lot of people fall off because they, they're not consistent and they're not disciplined. But if you're consistent and disciplined, you're going to be successful. And it's just like the old saying goes, if you if you shoot for the moon and you fall short, you're going to be amongst the stars anyway. So that's that's my uh, that's my uh, spill in terms of uh, if you want to do what I do, don't don't focus on what I do. Focus on going past because I, I got to where I got to so that you can go past me so I can push you forward. And I expect you to do the same for the next person.
Words of the wise, word of the wise. Appreciate you sharing that chat. And we always, whenever we have a guest on, you know, everyone, like you said, has unique perspectives, is coming from a different place and, and wherever they're at in life, they're a basketball player, or whatever. But I appreciate that because that's true. Like whenever you see it, see a kid and he wants to be like that, nah, pushing him forward. I I really like that. Uh so real spill for that. But um yeah, for so I just want to thank you for coming on the show, man. Appreciate the, the appreciate y'all yeah, having me on. Yeah, nah, for real. This is this is great talking to you and learning more about what what you do, what you're all about, um, on and off the court too. I really love uh, the platform that you're starting to get going, man. I'm gonna check that out for sure. No doubt, I appreciate it. Y'all can check me out on Instagram, Coach C Bell, and also check out my show Time Out with Chad Bell. And I want to congratulate you guys on your show. Uh, I myself have a show, so I understand what you guys are doing. Continue to build, continue to grow, you know, go from 200 followers, 300 followers, 1,000, 2,000, 5,000, 10,000, and, you know, make it pop, make it great. Exactly, man. You know what? I, th- that's going to be the outro, man. I ain't got nothing else to say, man. <laughs> well, if, 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 if that's it, then we out of here, y'all. Clutch Talk out. Out. Peace.